0: Listening, Dog Media. You ready? Showtime on May third. Summer starts with the Fall Guy.
1: We're doing it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes.
0: And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family
1: Hello and welcome to the Offside Rule. It's Kate Borsay here. Hello with you and ready to indulge in your love of football and two very talented women indeed. Yes, as always, we're joined by Lindsay Hooper and Hayley McQueen. Hi, girls. Hello. Hi. Are you
2: indulging in us? Is that how it was? I'm raised? indulging in uh, you.
1: Everyone's, everyone's indulging in each other. What what a lovely, merry, jolly, jake of a podcast this will be if that continues. <laughs> so tell me what's been going on this week, Haley. Hayley. Uh, what day is
0: it? Um, right. <laughs> it's um, Thursday. There we go. Well, we have a blow up jacuzzi. <laughs> That's right. At the bottom of the garden now with the garden house that we built over the summer. So I've been spending a bit oh. of time in there just splashing around, having the having the time of my life, shutting my eyes, pretending I'm actually in the Caribbean, oh. not near High Wickham. And, and uh, there's a sauna there, so because it's got a bit chillier this week, you can just pretend that you've got tropical temperatures again, That's can't it. you? And I'll put the towel in the sauna in the shed, and uh, when I come out the jacuzzi when it's all chilly of an ah. evening, my towel is warm. Oh, I know. I sound like such How a lovely, lovely. dog. Oh,
1: oh no. it's like a, it's like a different sort of tumble dryer, isn't it? Amazing. And um, yeah, Lindsay, you've been here, there, and everywhere again, haven't you? Um, I know you've got driver's back. Oh, I had a bad back. That's
2: a lot better than it was. I think it was actually from tennis, though, Kate. Um, okay. I tried to do a fancy serve An and over. yeah, it didn't mm. quite go as I wanted. <laughs> but yes, I started so Prime Video I have got four matches this summer that are free to air. So I did the first one of those on Monday which was Crystal Palace mm-hmm. against Burnley. Uh, one of my highlights was seeing Clinton Morrison's sharp suit. It was so nice. <laughs> and also I really enjoyed John Champion and Ali McCoy as a commentary pair. And at one point they were trending on Twitter. Um and I was having a look and everyone was loving Ali McCoy's, you know, thirst for life and the fact that he's just so positive.
1: Yeah, I think he brings an energy to it, doesn't he? And when you're used to seeing the same old pundits again and again, even after mm-hmm. kind of a three-month break, it is it is nice to see someone pep it up a little bit, for sure. Yeah. How was the experience for you working as a reporter you obviously did some matches after Christmas I'd imagine everything was pretty pretty slick this time and with all the restrictions as well everything went to plan yeah it was very similar to
2: the other couple of matches that I've done for the Premier League with the two meter distance and the post-match interviews and the way that you have the boards there but they're they're quite a way away from you and the wearing of the mask all of that sort of thing so it was it was very much like clockwork it worked really well thank goodness Ben Mee scored a goal because it gave me something to Mm. talk about as well as Burnley's woes and because I say that I know that they won but they they had a very very short bench I think they had seven players with four minutes of Premier League experience between them so there's yeah there's clearly things going on I'll come on to that a bit more later because that came up in one of my interviews but yes I, I I really enjoyed it it was so nice to be there and to be doing all of the pre and post-match interviews and it didn't rain, which is one thing that we can say for this week because it's rained every other day.
1: Well, last week we recorded on Thursday lunchtime and, of course, something very special happened that evening, which we couldn't celebrate in the podcast because it was too early. Liverpool winning the league. That's my highlight of the week. It's my highlight of the year. It's my highlight of the last 30 years, girls. We need to just revel in this for a moment what a magnificent feat for Jürgen Klopp and his team a proud moment for every Liverpool fan a great moment for football fans too I'd argue
2: mm.
1: oh, congratulations I want to say a big well done because I think you've easily been the
2: best side in the Premier League yeah. this season and I think off the back of last season and how close you got it could have easily have not confidence but to come back and be even better that margin at the top of the of this Premier League season is some spectacle so well done I, I think everyone loves Jürgen Klopp. And I and I think everyone's really got behind the team and the way that they've been playing over recent seasons. I, I did a little spell when I, I worked at Liverpool Football Club on the TV channel and it was such a, a nice team. So I was really pleased for everybody. And I know it's going to be harder for Hayley to say this as a Manchester United mm-hmm. fan, but for mm-hmm. me, well done. Do
0: you know what? Just before we get to that, if you can hear a clunking in the background and a splash of water, the window cleaner's just turned oh, up. Oh, so, yeah. You know I was
1: about to ask if it was producer Abby's husband hoovering, as every good husband should in the background. But yep. but uh, but no, the window cleaners are in. Fantastic.
0: Yeah, he's, he's, he's moved from one. To, I mean, they don't need cleaned. It's, it's constantly rained, hasn't it, for the last week or so. so yeah. um... I've been wanting my money <laughs> anyway. back for this one today, to be honest. I mean, they clean themselves. Give them a little wave. So there's 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 Paul making an appearance. Um, yeah, well done, Kate. I think we knew that Liverpool were going to do it. It was just a, a matter of when. And Sky made a total boob the next day on Sky Sports News because you had me, a Manchester United fan, doing the whole day on air, mm-hmm. <laughs> reacting to the news. Luckily, Vicky Gomesol had been on the night before, who is a massive Liverpool fan. But there I was, the Manchester United fan, having to get through the day of listening to you know, happy Liverpool fans. I actually didn't mind it. And I really enjoyed I hearing from enjoyed Klopp it. again. And yeah. I, I, I do love Jurgen Klopp. I'd have loved him at Manchester United. I just love him as a person. I think he's a great character in the league. And I was thinking, oh, well, it's it's it's, it's fine for the Liverpool fans who don't enjoy me talking about their club. But actually, they probably quite enjoyed the fact a Manchester United fan was having to repeat over and over again how successful Liverpool had been this season and go through all the stats of how wonderful they were. We then had Julian Um, Warren on after me who's a massive Everton fan so (laughs) I don't know what Sky had done with the road to that day but they 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 definitely didn't think that one through
2: the only thing though Kate I do wonder would you have preferred to have had it resting on this match against Manchester City because having it announced by a virtue of of Chelsea and Manchester City and Manchester City losing can't quite feel the same as it would have done
1: if you'd have beaten City uh, as we record this tonight No, definitely. I think it would have been much better if it wasn't quite by default, basically. Um, of course, it would have been lovely if we were playing at Anfield when it would happen. But but you know what? After 30 years, let's just take it, shall we? Let's, mm. just, let's just take it and run with it. Well, another little highlight for you. You can now get a 30-day free trial to The Athletic. Of course, we're part um, of that organisation now. Brilliant writing, brilliant writers and also a fine selection of podcasts too. You can still listen to us with, with ads, by the way, for free via the usual mediums. But if you want an ad-free version of the us and access to all that brilliant writing, head to theathletic.com forward slash offside for your 30-day free trial. Check it out and see what you think. Well, coming up this week, then, the worst football deals in history. This is after Alan Pardew's eight-year contract finally came to an end this week. And in homage to Kieran Tierney's Tesco bag, did you see it bringing us back down to earth with a bump Uh, we're going to play Who's in the Bag stick with us and uh, we'll fill you in on the gist of that a bit later and a reminder that you can hear us on Jack Radio every Friday at four o'clock All right, we've got lots to say about the restart and I love the fact, ladies, that we don't just cover the match analysis, the formations, the skills, the individual ins and outs of every game. It's about taking a step back, isn't it, sometimes and just taking a pretty... Um, long view I suppose you'd call it and uh, I'd like your assessment please on project restart game week three has come and gone for you not for us here recording this at the moment so let's compile a list of observations what things have you noticed what stood out to you from the first few matches Lindsay I'm going to go to you first
2: has to be, first of all, the number of times it's been nil-nil at half time in matches. It's been over half of the matches that have been like that. And you do get the feeling that this is a preservation thing due to the number of games in quick succession. I know that I've spoken to Willie Bolly at Wolves this week and he spoke about the team not suffering and I think that there is a definite conscious decision to not go full out for 90 minutes and that's maybe having a knock-on effect with these nil-nil score lines at half time
0: Hmm. Hayley I think following on from that I think one thing we've realized is that fans are everything fans are everything not just if you're getting to experience it in the stadium but players enjoying having the fans there and for us as a viewer at home on telly desperately needing the fans there the only thing about not having the fans which has been beneficial for me is seeing just how powerful the taking of the knee is I like the fact that we can respect it there's complete silence there's no booze there's no opportunity for anyone to kind of make a noise and I think that has become more powerful so I think we've learned that by not having fans in the stadium that's probably the only thing about it that, that yeah. I'm kind of enjoying
1: I'd actually written something similar on my notes that actually making a statement can still be powerful and sometimes it's more powerful. And you mentioned Mm -hmm. taking the knee in that first lot of fixtures. Black Lives Matter uh, written on the back of shirts and that's going to continue, we've heard, um, in the last day or so. Players paying tribute as well. There was Nathan Redmond's Black Power salute, wasn't there, after he scored for Southampton. And I actually think you're right, Hayley, the power of a silent crowd, of empty stands, the eerie silence, carries such a weight it's that collective eeriness really Mm. that you can't replicate so yeah I I, I don't think I'd have sort of preempted that before thinking about whether crowds were going to make much of a difference to a statement being powerful but I actually think you're right the lack of crowds is carries its own power Lindsay drink breaks we don't need them
2: Get rid of them. It's They're like ridiculous, an extra aren't they? coaching opportunity. The amount of times that there's been sort of like a second team talk and then the game has changed or been turned on its head as a result. I don't think it should be used for that. So um, yeah, I, I feel that the drink the drinks breaks
0: should just be scrapped. Hailey. We've also learned that footballers shouldn't be left to their own devices when it comes to haircuts. Now I know a few <laughs> Footballers have been a bit sneaky in a few teams and have had professional cuts and you can tell those but you can also tell the ones who've just absolutely let go. I was quite surprised that Cristiano Ronaldo hasn't mm. gone and had a barber around his house. He has well and truly let his bouffon curls just rise up high. If it looks like recent... he's had a
1: perm, doesn't it? It does. Has it's he hilarious. had a perm? No.
0: No, I mean... <laughs> He's got, he's, got, he's, got, he's, got, he's got the natural curls, hasn't he? He's obviously just had them tamed over the years and he's just let them out, wild. Uh, what else is going wild is the facial hair on Andy Carroll's face, that beard, my <laughs> Apart God. Apart from in the middle. Oh,
2: flipping. <laughs> Where just empty. It's like bald in the middle and then
0: really a I lot mean. of hair on the outside. Yeah, inspired by Joe Exotic himself and Jack Grealish as well, his ponytail. So just a, a few examples. It's been quite funny to see how footballers look coming back post lockdown the ones who were sort of vain enough to have gone and made sure that they do get a professional cut and there are those who've just absolutely let it go or attempted something themselves or let their other half go wild on under their beard or their hair so <laughs> that's another one for me. I wonder if there's a bit of a competition between Premier League clubs for
1: the snazziest temperature checker. I don't know if you've Mm. witnessed any of this, Lindsay. Most have that standard white gun, don't they? But rumour has it that Manchester City have gone for a full body scanner operated by a real (laughs) nurse. Trust them to try and better everyone else. I don't know if that's true, by the way. I couldn't find anyone to verify that for me at short notice. Um, one thing I found out, though, which, I, which, which I've enjoyed immensely hearing about, is the fact that Liverpool's safety officer is called Mr Stan Tickle. Let's hope he's not doing any full Aww. body searches, eh? Lynn's
2: <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have to mention, given that I covered the game, I have to mention Burnley. So I'm I'm just going to bring in a little bit more detail now as to the post-match interview I did with Sean Dyche. Because clearly there is issues. From the start of lockdown to the end, the dynamic of the club has changed somewhat, he told me. He said, so that's been interesting to compute and make sense of. Mm. Now, yes, they won. They're up to eighth in the table, but he had to put two goalkeepers on the bench. There are so many injuries at Burnley as well at the moment. Uh, Rodriguez, uh, Barnes, Wood, Goodmanson, Brady. So that there's a lot of players out, but it's this contract issue. Now, apart from Phil Bardsley, who signed a new deal, uh, there's Aaron Lennon, Jeff Hendrick, Joe Hart, Adam Legzins, lots and lots of players who haven't and have probably played their last minutes for Burnley. What happens going forward, especially if they make the Europa
1: League spots...
2: Wow, oh my gosh. they're yeah. in turmoil, aren't they? Yeah. Trying yeah. to get
1: personnel and numbers in. How did he sound? I mean, did he sound matter of fact? Did he sound downbeat? Sort of, what was his tone like, Lynn's? His tone
2: was very professional and saying it as it is without saying it all. Um, right. he, I actually read into his body language and his and his smile, actually, a lot more than I did what he said. And I think that's just paramount to the fact that there clearly are things going on. And often we read things and speculation in in newspapers and in the media and you think, well, how much of that is true? And just from that conversation, I thought there is some truth to this. I don't know how much,
0: but Mm. there's some truth.
2: And I do wonder what will happen next.
1: Hayley.
0: Players and coaches talk way more than you realise. I didn't realise how much they just communicated. And I am another sort of benefit of not having the fans in the crowd. And though there are not many benefits, by the way, don't get me wrong, but this is one of them, being able to hear the communication. And I was listening on the radio as well. It was Five Live and you could actually hear that someone as part of their team. I think they were having a bit of a chat with Brian Kidd on the sidelines. It was great mm-hmm. having a proper conversation. But I am just loving um, hearing a little bit more from from various managers and, and, and players and just things being shouted and you kind of realise who, yeah, who the more vocal of, of the yes. managers are, which is great. Did you see uh, when Manchester United played Sheffield United
1: last week that you could hear Harry Maguire barking orders at Luke oh. Shaw? And I just felt like ducking with my head behind my hands for Luke oh, Shaw. as yes. much kind of lols about that. And then actually in the Man City game against Chelsea where Liverpool were handed the title, BT showed off their listening feature. Have you seen this? So it basically gives you subtitles and goes in close on the touchline and on the managers than on the players. And you could hear a few gems through that. uh, When De Bruyne scored, there was, well done, Kev, shouted by (laughs) one of the team. And then actually after Chelsea conceded, you heard Frank Lampard during the drinks break saying, "Come on, lads, same story, same story. We've got to get confident in ourselves." Sort of geeing <laughs> the team on after conceding. I think it's uh, it's fascinating, isn't yeah, it? Really, because we, because we've we've never had this before. To round off, unless anyone's got anything else to chip in, the different methods of disinfecting balls have been fascinating uh, me, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from the bin of disinfectant at Norwich to kind of a fairly simple spray to that full on. Um, um, sort of very professional sort of fertilizer, weed killer looking backpack spray at Spurs that they've got spraying on the ball. So um, interesting approaches to disinfecting balls.
2: I'll finish off just by saying I, I am enjoying. I know there have been red cards like Tim Closer that we saw in the last week, but there hasn't been as many. And the other thing is there hasn't been as much diving.
1: Players are getting yeah, up quicker. Good and that's point, actually. Good see. point. Yeah. All right, well, there we go. We've um, indulged in a few of our observations. Um, Still six rounds to play, so we'll wait and see what other intricacies and curiosities come up. Uh, Next, though, it's deal or no deal? Well, as a throwback to last week's game show theme... No, I still don't understand why we had it either, but we'll move on. Just as an appropriate theme title, we're going to call this one Deal or No Deal because this week finally saw the end of Alan Pardew's eight-year deal at Newcastle, which I've, which to be fair, completely forgotten about. Eight years. Well, a lot has changed in eight years, hasn't it, ladies? David Cameron was Prime Minister.
0: I'm a man. I can't multitask. What do you expect? <laughs>
1: Man City won their first Premier League title, going right down to the wire, of
0: course. Aguero!
1: The Queen and James Bond skydived into the Olympics.
0: Good evening,
1: England lost another penalty shootout in Euro 2012, this time to
0: Italy. Italy are into the semi-finals. England eliminated.
1: Andy Murray made his first Wimbledon final and then won his first Grand Slam in Flushing Meadows.
0: Andy Murray, the first British male winner of a
1: Grand Slam for 76 years. According to Wikipedia, one of the key publications was Jamie's 15-minute meals. I like to get stuck in, you know what I mean? Somebody that I used to know by Gotchiat was the biggest single. And most importantly of all, Anne Robinson presented her last ever weakest link.
2: You are the weakest link. Goodbye.
1: Back to football, though. Uh, We want to know some of the other worst football deals in history. Hit me, ladies. What have you got, Lindsay? I think for everyone on Wearside
2: who probably don't even like the mention of this man's name, they probably wince. I'm going to say Jack Rodwell. He signed for Sunderland from Manchester City, as we may all recall, for £10 million, Mm. a five-year contract, and he was earning approximately £70,000 a week. Now, what he couldn't have foreseen, and the club certainly didn't foresee, especially when they got their documentary crews in, was that they were going to do a double drop and ended up in League One. They had been very naive with their contract and hadn't included a relegation wage drop which meant that for two league appearances, uh, when they were back in the championship, he was still getting this £70,000 a week and then they (sighs) were relegated to League One. And in June 2018, that was the time that it finally came to an end. But they, they rightly think that he should have stepped in and helped somewhat, but he was happy to just sit on that wage. Now, there's a part of me that thinks, you know, Look out the club. You should have had the foresight to see that and put that in the contract. But at the same time, when, when you're part of a, a team and you're part of a project, you need to be able to also adapt to those situations. And and if you're not playing, if he was playing every week and he was really contributing, then you'd think, yeah, you're earning that money. And maybe as a player, then you'd be thinking, well, you signed that deal. I'm going to carry on. But if you make two league appearances, yes. maybe you should step forward and say, I don't really deserve he wouldn't all the wages even you grace.
1: Me? the pitch with his presence, would he? Which I think must must be very galling if you're a Sunderland fan or just a fan of football, basically. Hayley.
0: I have just decided to stick with managers for this one because obviously we're, we're off the back of Alan Pardew. And this wasn't a long deal, but Big Bad Bob didn't last long, did he? Bob Bradley. <laughs> what? On earth? I've forgotten about him. I mean, normally I'll have a little bit of a think about a topic. Uh, I'll go online to kind of, you know, just try and... Find something that just catches my eye and reminds me of this one instant Bob Bradley, of course. Bob Um, Bradley. He had an absolute nightmare. I do feel sorry for him. And he he says he looks back now and says, you know, that appointment at Swansea, it ruined his career. It completely ruined him. He was the first American to coach over here, quite possibly going to be the last. Oh, gutted.
1: Mm. Well, when you talk about periods that managers may look back on and shake their heads... None other better example comes to me than David Moyes and his time at Manchester United, appointed in May 2013. Actually started the job July 1st, six-year contract, so no messing around. He was the man, he was the successor uh, to Alex Ferguson. But as we know, often it's never a good thing, is it, to step straight into a great man's shoes. He lasted just nine months in the job. Um, He was sacked, but of course... Remained on the payroll for the rest of that contract. In that time, while David Moyes was sat in his slippers, his tartan slippers, eating a Scottish shortbread, tartan yep. with a with a tamashanta perched on his head. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Giggs collected seven points as caretaker manager. That happened whilst David Moyes was still picking up his paycheck. Uh, the Louis van Gaal era happened. The following players came and went. So, Ander Herrera, Angle Di Maria, Falcao, Daly Blind, Bastian Schweinsteiger, Henrik Mkhitaryan, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. They all, they all came and went whilst uh, Moyes was sat there uh, eating his shortbread biscuits. Uh, Jose Mourinho arrived. That happened as well. They won the, the FA Cup in 2015, at uh, the League Cup in 2016-17, and the Europa League. That that was a pretty impressive uh, triumph over Ajax in 2017. All while David Moyes was sat in his uh, tartan trousers, in his uh, jumper made of the finest wool from the Argyle, uh, and uh, eating his uh, eating his lovely shortbread. <laughs>
2: A bad deal right now, one that I'm going to bring to Haley's attention, because there's lots of waxing lyrical about Manchester United for all the good reasons right now, Haley. Mm-hmm. Fernandez mm-hmm. has made such mm-hmm. a difference. Pogba's playing well again. But here's a bit of bad business, and it was only done last year and it's surrounding Phil Jones. He was given a new contract and I just think, what were Manchester United thinking when they offered him a five-year one? This takes him to 2024 and not only that, they doubled his wages. He's now on £120,000 a week. Yet, if we total up his appearances this season, eight across all competitions. (laughs) I don't think that's good business.
0: You just wonder if he has something over Manchester United as well. And he's, what, 28, 29 years old? Mm. So he'll be coming into his 30s. OK, for a defender, it's slightly different. You don't want some, you know, you're not going to have a young whippersnapper back there. But yeah, that I'm with you, Lins. Seemed like it might be okay at the time, but um, no, hasn't hasn't quite worked out. That's a very, very expensive extension. Um, I want to give Leeds a bit of a mention, obviously, being back in the top flight. They have come a very long way since appointing somebody's mate called Dave. Everybody's got a mate called Dave. (laughs) And do you remember the year that David Hockaday, who was, yes. appoint, was appointed manager. That's right. Brian McDermott had been the first of um, Leeds owner, Massimo Cellino's managerial casualties. And then in came Dave Hockaday. Nobody knew much about him. But there were legends like Claudio Ranieri, Chris Hutton. <laughs> Who'd been touted for the job? The eventual winner was Hockaday. Uh, Who was he, though? Who were they bringing in to kind of help revitalise Leeds? Well, he was a former Sirencester Town right back whose only managerial experience was at non league Forest (sighs) Green Rovers. Mm. I mean, what on earth? He was sacked after just 70 days. He's actually now the head of football for South Gloucestershire and Stroud College. So he hasn't really gone (laughs) on to anything much bigger than Leeds United. I (laughs)
1: shouldn't laugh. No, I really shouldn't laugh. We shouldn't laugh, but that is a bizarre appointment. Dave Hockaday clearly had his
0: day. But Hockaday said that when he was there, he'd suggested that they should sign Virgil van Dyke. No. Andre Gray, yep, and <laughs> Nigel Rio Coker, now Ranger, but Chelino just dismissed the options and said, "Absolutely not. I don't know who these players are. I will be making the decisions round here." So, if Hockey hang on go- a sec.
2: Yep. Can I just pick up on this? So mm-hmm. he suggested in the same breath, mm-hmm. Virgil van Dijk
0: <laughs> and, and Nigel, Nigel Rio yep. Coker, yep. who are yep. different
2: generations,
0: really. But yep, I, okay. such was his football. Knowledge. <laughs> uh, I feel really bad because he's probably doing a really good job right now at, at, at college football level. Um, and I feel a bit sorry for him. But um, he did last longer than his replacement, though. Do you remember who came in after him? Oh, who was Oh, it? God. It was just a he, list he lasted, of disasters. He lasted wasn't it? 32 days.
1: Oh, no. Barang-
0: n- nope. Darko Milanic or Jarko Milanic? No idea how to even pronounce his name. i even Darko forgotten Milenic. about him. Yes. I mean, what the heck? Chilino apparently used to ring Dave Hockaday at 1am, basically flustered about all sorts of things. And Hockaday said it was just an absolute nightmare. Absolute nightmare. So there you go. <laughs> wow.
1: There we go. Well, I can't I can't beat that. I was going to mention Danielson and his 10-year contract at Real Betis. But... It was a disaster and it when it was expensive I think that's um that that pretty much sums it up rip the long-term deal in football and one more topic to go ladies and it's time for a game
2: I like the way you I like the way you work it.
1: no, diggity. no diggity. All right, well, for the ultimate glamour topic in our last section here, we're going to go with the game Who's in the Bag? Uh, I'll explain why. Uh, This is inspired by Kieran Tierney's Tesco bag, uh, the one where he arrived pre-match with his little bits of kit in it. I don't know what was in it. Um, Everyone else had those uh, rather snazzy sort of leather holders and those boot bags, probably, you know, Gucci and all different kinds of brands. Kieran Tierney, perfectly happy with a Tesco bag, and well done to him too. Uh, So we're going to play, inspired by this, Who's in the Bag? This is a suggestion of producer Abby. I've not actually played this game before, but it sounds like it's going to be a thriller minute. Basically, Abby's going to send a list of footballers to each of us that we have to describe to the other two. Uh, We've got 30 seconds to describe as many as possible and the person who's been the most successful describer wins. So it's your describing skills rather than your guessing skills that wins the day. Uh, the footballers will be from any period of time. Has anyone been swatting up first of all? Lindsay, Hayley, both of you fairly competitive? Well how can we swat up when we don't know what That's we're going true. to be sent? It's true. I mean... Lindsay you're already sounding a bit knocked by this and I understand <laughs> it's probably because you can't SWAT up on it. You are the most competitive monica like member of Mm -hmm. our Offside Rule trio. So Mm. you can go first. Abby, she's gonna send the names to you right now, and your time is gonna start as soon as you receive the names. Well, both of you concentrate then.
2: Here we go. Oh well this this man's got the biggest ego in football, first of all. Ronaldo. No, bigger than that. I mean he's like a Uh, lion. Uh even. Yes, Ibrahimovic. Oh,
0: um,
2: this oh man, God. I don't know whether I should bring it up, but he spat at a child once. Oh, I don't know who's through the car windows.
0: Oh, Jamie Carragher. Jamie Carragher. Yes.
2: Um, she liked a tea celebration at the FIFA Women's World Cup. Mm, Cup of uh, tea. Alex Morgan. Um, one of the original. Oh!
1: <laughs> that really scared me. It scared me too. <laughs> I just jumped out my chair. <laughs> okay. Well done. Well done. So how it going to get go through
2: loads of them.
1: No, um, it's, it's only 30 seconds. Oh, three then you got. So Abby's now going to send the next list of players to either myself or Hayley. And they've gone to you, Hayley.
0: Okay, the first. Oh, um, mega talented female. Um, she, oh, mega talented soccer, I should say, soccer player. Um, Megan Rapinoe? Oh, yeah, I was going to say something about the taking the knee and Colin Kaepernick. Yes, Megan Rapinoe. Uh, the next one, uh, Jordi, probably the most famous... Alan Shira. ...person associated with Newcastle. Yep. The yeah, next one, okay. oh, think of France, think of Real Madrid. Zidane! Yes. Oh. But I
1: was after the gong. Don't know if that counts. Oh, Don't know if that counts. Right, last up, it's me, isn't it? So I'm going to get these through. Okay, are you ready? Yes. Yeah. Famous French player, Renaud Clio. Uh, um, Thierry Henry. Yes. She's just won the Football Writers' Female uh, Women's Player of the Year Award. Oh. Yes. Uh, his face looks like a fat tomato. He presents what? on TalkSport. I'm so sorry. Um, Alan Brazil. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, he is Sorry Italian, Alan. one one of the most famous Italian players. Uh, his surname sounds like a suite with a hole Boop in it, up. but it's not. Oh. Uh, no, I'm gonna oh, oh. I thought I preempted what you were gonna say before what you said it. You Italian
2: were gonna say player. his his surname sounds like a hairstyle. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It was Andrea Pirlo. It wasn't. Oh, oh, no. nice. Ah, See. all right. So after all that excitement, we've got a tie. Lindsay, you and me are on three, and Haley is on two. Okay. I don't think there's God. a tiebreaker, but we may have to resume this game another time because actually, Lindsay, it was pretty fun. I did wasn't like it? that. You were very good actually at guessing. Surprisingly good, actually. I thought yeah. I was going to be awful. Normally, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not the quickest. <laughs>
0: I have to say. OK. And, and traditionally me, I'm very long-winded at everything I say and do. Hence, I was not able to get through the quick fire round all that quick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, congratulations uh, to Lindsay and I. We take the trophy. What a great week Yay. this has been for me. Trophies all around. I was uh, going to say, up, you don't need oh, any more. No, I don't need any more glory. Uh, next up, any other business? All right, well, here we are. Any other business, the bit of the show where we try and focus on some of those smaller stories that you might have missed in the last week. Lindsay, I'm going to go to you first.
2: Are you aware that we have received what I deem to be the highest form of flattery?
1: Oh. <laughs> no.
2: Do you know? Do you know, Haley? No. We have now a fake account <gasps> of the outside what? rule. <gasps> now that is when you're going places isn't it when you get a fake account i'm looking it up now do they are they actually pretending to be us or yeah i think this is on um instagram the offside
0: rule podcast do you know they've been going since december they've been going since december we only just seen them 41 followers (laughs) how (laughs) dare
1: they take off denting our listenership good luck to them and their 41 followers is all I can say. Hayley.
0: What about what's happening in Hong Kong right now? Okay. This is a bit random. I saw the headline that police had detained a Liverpool fan, and I was like, okay, probably in Liverpool, probably because they were getting up to no good, but maybe just celebrating emphatically and um got a bit carried away with a few too many beers. But no, Hong Kong police. Actually detained a man who had shouted, Long Live Liverpool. There were 370 arrests in Hong Kong because of protests that are happening yeah. out there. However, when <laughs> the man shouted, Long Live Liverpool, they all joined in and they all, all so- cheered. And there mm-hmm. were hundreds, just all shouting, Long live Liverpool, some of them probably not even realizing what they what were Liverpool. What, what they were singing. Yeah. But um so it's obviously during anti-government protests at the moment but yeah. he was arrested over suspicion he was inciting independence.
1: Well, I have to Madness. say this is about a brand new um diktat, brand new rule which has come in hmm. where basically if you're in Hong Kong you you can't say anything against the Chinese yeah, government it's a punishable it's a huge issue crime. of contention. What's wow. Liverpool got got to do with the Chinese it's government? Just, is there something uh, we're missing here? I know. I know. Mind you, you know, technically we can get arrested if we were to attack the Chinese government here and then go over to Hong Kong or China, we could be arrested, ladies. So we need to be careful what we say. Uh, My little any other business for you, James McLean, Um, he's done a lovely thing. He's paid for two children who lost their dad to a heart attack in April to go to Disneyland for their birthday. Uh, The children are called Aoife and Adam and their dad died in April, and uh, James McClain had previously ran 52 miles over two days in tribute um, to their dad, who was a former footballer and coach at Trojans Football Club. And instead, um, this time, he's decided um, to give their mum, Bronya, the money to take them, uh, as soon as it all reopens again, I'm, I'm guessing, to Disneyland. Oh. Sweet.
2: Uh, one one to make you smile, girls. Um, Leeds United. You know, we were talking about having the cardboard cutouts of different fans in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. It went through the, the process. Nobody spotted that one fan looked very much like Joe Exotic. <laughs> in fact, it was Joe Exotic. Um, I was wondering... <laughs> if anyone could have got the carol baskin one next door that would oh, have been like, god oh that would have been carol baskin <gasps> oh,
1: great oh. i love the idea that the tiger king could be seen in the stands at ellen road
0: fantastic does anyone know what former manchester united player Nanny looks like now well if you don't you just simply need <gasps> to type it into a search engine he's 32 And he resembles a bodybuilder. It is quite Mm. unbelievable. He is popping his muscles whilst posing in a gym. He looks a little bit like Cristiano Ronaldo a couple of years ago. And there was that summer where he was very tanned. He'd he'd got an extra sort of tan by covering himself in oil and looked even more kind of (laughs) muscle-bound, sort of accentuated by this lovely tan. Nani is very much the same. He's been working hard in the gym. He's been sunning himself out in the States. He's... um, playing for Orlando City. He's actually the captain of Orlando City. And um, yeah, one of the pictures said, you know, trying my bodybuilding moves. He's absolutely ripped. It's incredible.
2: When he was playing in Portugal, I went and I had a game of table tennis with him. Oh, so I
0: played him oh. at table tennis.
2: Yes, there's a video actually on my oh. Instagram of me playing what? him. He, oh. was, he was mildly impressed, you know, at the beginning. I don't think he thought I was going to be much good. And then, um, and then
1: I hit a good couple of shots. Mm. Just to keep him on his toes. Well, from the impressive Nanny's six-pack on to uh, an impressive award for Vivian Miedemar. We mentioned it earlier, didn't we? But um, just to circle back on this one, she's been named um, the Football Writers Association Women's Footballer of the Year. She beat Chelsea's Bethany England um, by one vote to win the 2020 accolade. Uh, she had a great season so far. Of course, that WSL Women's Super League has been curtailed. It has finished for the season, but she scored 16 goals in the games uh, that were played. She's also uh, the Netherlands' top goalscorer and um, helped uh, the Dutch side reach the World Cup final last year. So congratulations Amazing. to Vivian Medema. Mm.
2: And also Real Madrid this week. Did everybody see that there is now officially a women's yes. team?
1: We've been waiting for this for a little while, haven't we? So it's good news that it's happening. Very good fact, news.
0: Yeah, I mean, Manchester United were one of the last to get onto this, weren't they? Just just mm. the other season over, over in England. I was very annoyed that it took them so long. And I'm, I'm so happy that now some of, sort of the, the giants of football, you know, Real Madrid, Spanish giants, have, because they have a basketball team, they've got their B teams, they have so many other teams, they've got great facilities. I just think, finally, well done
1: all right well that ends another show from us that you can get involved with any of the topics tell us how we did um on twitter and on instagram at offside rule pod you can also find our website too, offside podcast.com um oh there's some great pieces on there actually we've been talking about the nwsl the um, league over in the us the women's league because that restarted at the weekend and there's also lots of other stuff there as well we haven't asked for ages either for a rating
2: and review but if you do find us at Apple Podcasts. Mm -hmm. They do help other people find us. Uh, We've got some lovely ones on there, but I did notice we haven't had any for a while and I don't think we've asked for any. So from me to you, please leave us a rating and review and um, I will be checking those out next week and saying thank you to those who do.
1: Yes. So what does the next week
0: look like for you then, Hayley? I am heading into Sky. I'm doing a late shift and I've been up since 10 to 6, so God knows... (laughs) how I'm going to get through till midnight and then home at 1am and have to probably get up in the morning with the little one. I'm not quite sure how this is going to work. Back at work on Friday, as some of you might be listening to this podcast when it's out. And then I've actually... (laughs) although I've only just returned from maternity leave, I'm taking annual leave for two weeks because I've got holiday Good. to take. And I'm going to oh. just be holidaying in my back garden. But the most exciting thing that's happening to me this week is my parents are coming down to oh. visit. So this is like, this is massive. I am yeah. so excited. And it's going to give my mum a little bit of a break because she's just been running around after my dad. Oh. And Yeah, he can come down here, put his feet up and just watch Sky Sports all day.
2: On that note, I shall be doing similar, Hayley, because Mm -hmm. I have Wolves against Arsenal. So I'll be in Wolverhampton and
1: be able to check out and be able to check in with my parents too. And you're catching up with loads of players over Zoom as well. I know, Lindsay, if you check out Lindsay's Instagram feed, it's like a footballer every few hours. She's working through them at a rate of knots. Mm. (laughs) Two more today. (laughs) Two more today. Um, And if you listen to this on Friday, gosh, 10 o'clock cheeky plug here from me it's the first of my times radio shows and we're going to be doing a a little bit of sport in there as well but um but yeah super super cheeky from me i'll be with you friday to sunday from 10 to 1 on times radio chatting through the news um, with loads of great stories as well so if you have the time do tune in i'd be really interested uh, to hear what you think Ladies, thank you so much for joining us. Great game of in the bag, Lindsay and I are going to sort of remain victorious until the next edition. When Hayley, we're going to ask you to try and do better. Um, I have think a great we week. Tiebreaker the next time. Yeah, maybe. I like
2: to know who's won things.
1: Yes, I, yes, I know. I know, Lindsay. It's very important to you to know what <laughs> what the league table looks like at, at the end of it all. Have a great week, everyone, if you're listening, and we will speak to you soon.
0: The offside rule is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddyneesmedia.com. My name is Matt Davis Adams. I present the Athletics Chelsea podcast straight out of Cobham, and I'm a supporter of the two time European champions, Nottingham Forest. That's all well and good, but for the purposes of this promo, I want to tell you that I also host the very excellent Totally Football League show, where every week I'm joined by Swindon Town legend Sam Parkin and Southend stalwart slash journeyman Adrian Clark as we follow this championship season to its conclusion. The Totally Football League show is now part of the Athletics Network of Podcasts. And if you're an Athletic subscriber, you can hear ad-free versions of each episode on the Athletic app. But don't worry. If you really like adverts, you can hear them by searching for the Totally Football League Show on Apple, Spotify, and all the usual podcast places. The Totally Football League Show with me, Matt Davis Adams. Because there's football outside the Premier League too, you know. Muddy News Media
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: With the Lucky Landslugs, you can get lucky just about anywhere.